Hi, everyone, and welcome to the It Just Works podcast. I am your host, Ryan, and I apologize for this sounding weird. Uh, my microphone is acting weird right now, so I have to record this intro on my iPhone 12 through voice memos in my truck. Uh, well, I don't have to do it in my truck, but I am. Uh, today, we have a great episode. Alex is back on the show. We're going to be talking about Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring Extended Edition. It's one of my personal favorite trilogies ever made, and I think we do a really good job of talking about it. It's a lot of fun, of course. And uh, as always, if we want to hear from you, so make sure to email us at itjustworkspod at gmail.com. Once again, that is itjustworkspod at gmail.com. If you have any opinions, concerns, feedback, if you like the show, don't like the show, and you want to tell me about it, then please email me, and I'd love to hear from you. Uh, let's just get to the show. Let's cue that intro. everybody this is the it just works podcast i'm your host ryan and today i have the amazing alex he's back he's it's been a long time since he's been back um he recently got married alex congratulations on your marriage i couldn't be happier for you guys what's it like to be a married man right now um i have the one ring to rule them on (laughs) it's on that's awesome uh yeah man well congrats to you guys on that that's that's amazing yeah your pictures look great uh, it's just nice to see it go well, you know, this, this time of year we're in, uh, this, this kind of year we're having, it's nice to see something positive come out of it. Uh, so congrats to you on that, but he, we are going to talk about Lord of the Rings, the Fellowship of the Ring, extended edition today. I'm pretty excited to talk about this, especially with you, you know way more about Lord of the Rings than I do uh, when it comes to the lore. Um, one of the things we were just talking about is how it was hard to find something wrong or uh, something that you didn't like with the movies you know when I was a kid like I said I just told you I didn't really care for like the beginning parts you know Bilbo's birthday party and whatnot but watching it again uh, this movie is really well done you know the Shire the way Peter Jackson just designed everything and the set pieces uh, when they're in the ruins fighting the cave troll and the orcs like, just that little room right there. Like, I'm like, how the fuck did he do this, man? <laughs> I know. this, And the scenery from New Zealand is absolutely stunning. Yeah, New you Zealand know. might be one of the most beautiful places on the planet, for sure. Yeah, Peter Jackson, he'd be up in the helicopter and they'd be flying by and they'd just be taking running shots. Yeah. But all you need to do, now it's all green screen. Yeah, well, it's crazy. So one of the things that happened this year, thanks to COVID, uh, one of the good things that come out of it, I guess, is Josh Gad had the cast of Lord of the Rings do a reunion show, like on uh, Zoom calls. And they were talking about how they literally were flying in those helicopters to even just get to the scenes that are the, you know, the places they need to film their scenes. And just talking about the film process, the filming process of this movie was like the most intricate thing I've ever heard of. They actually filmed all three movies side by side. None of them were, were like, it wasn't Fellowship was done first, and then, all right, cool, let's move to the two towers. All three, mo- like, I think the first shot they ever made was actually Return of the King. Yep. Yeah, I think, uh, I, I don't remember which scene, but, yeah, Return of the King was actually filmed, uh, their scene was filmed first before Fellowship. So it's really mind-blowing to, to, to see the level of detail that went into this movie 
And I don't know why, but I just didn't appreciate it as a kid. So my question for you is, did you see this movie in theaters when it originally came out? No, I did not. I saw it uh, at home when it came out on DVD. And uh, I actually didn't really care for it. (laughs) (laughs) Kid, But that was back in 01, so a long time ago. It was a long time ago. Well, I saw it in theaters myself, but just like you, I didn't really care for it. And I think it's because we were kids, you know, like all the talking and all the details. Like one of the things I noticed last night that I still really didn't appreciate when I watched the extended edition in March was Gandalf himself. Like he's so knowledgeable. Like, so one of my favorite scenes is when they're in the ruins, right? And the Balrog's coming. Like he knows what's up. And it's just like, and it's not, I wouldn't say cocky. It's just like, this is how smart this guy is. And just like to see that and the, and the characters around him respect him and like go, holy shit. Like, I don't know. Like, I think it's really cool. And, uh, well that, that, that whole scene is insane. You know, Gimli in his reaction to the, the loss of his essentially clan members, if you will. Um, oh yeah. Well, I believe his, uh, his uncle from the Hobbit, uncle or father, one of the two. Uh, he's actually in the ruins next to the book. That's okay. one of the, the dead relatives. Oh, okay. Well, see, I remember him. I was listening to him say it last night, but I couldn't make out what he was saying because I had my fan on and it was like a wind tunnel in my room. So I should have put subtitles on. Um, but it's just th- to see the level of um, depth that Peter Jackson put into these films is. Uh, kind of crazy like i i really struggled um finding any issues with the film uh, you know all the dialogue it, it really keeps you interested as an adult as a kid good luck i don't i don't understand how you're gonna like the film because i really didn't when i was a kid i liked it when there's people dying and shit well i mean like kids have short attention spans uh unless you know that's what they're into but uh, I wish the extended edition was the actual edition that came out in the movie theaters. I think a lot of people would have respected Lord of the Rings a lot more if they saw more depth instead of, uh, you know, cutting away at the movie. Yeah, so that's actually one of my questions for you. Maybe you'll know more than myself, and I forgot to look it up last night. I could have just looked it up, but I didn't, so, you know, I'll own up to that. The extended edition clearly does add a lot of extra scenes and content that is really essential to the storytelling of the movie. Do you know yourself what the actual extended uh, uh, scenes are? I know like one of them, I just saw it last night before I turned the movie off, but when they're going to meet Lady Galadriel, um, the elf captain who's in Two Towers who helps them at Isengard, not Isengard, um... Uh, what's the city that's like they defend it literally on a wall in two towers like it's I'm like how are they going to defend this against the whole entire army and then um, the Knights of Rohan come in down the hill mm. uh, what's that city called oh man I'm drawing a blank too it's too early in the morning but you know you know what I'm talking about <laughs> yeah, though, right? yeah yeah well he's yeah, that they're all up on the wall who yeah. brings his army to help well mm-hmm. he's in the Fellowship of the Ring and I don't remember that being in the original film. Like he's him and Aragorn and Aragorn and uh, Legolas are talking, and I don't remember that being a part of the original film. Um, so it's weird. As I'm saying, like yes, yeah, the extended edition adds a lot, 
you just know it does. Like, there's just scenes that they really just throw in there that add a lot of backstory to something you probably didn't think was there before. Um, yeah, so I just looked it up, and so the theater version is 178 minutes, mm-hmm. and the extended edition is 208. Jesus so 30 dude. more minutes, um, and then for Two Towers, 44 minutes, and Return of the King, 51 minutes. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, extended edition for Return of the King is 4 hours and 11 minutes long. I can't believe I finished that. There is a scene that I do specifically remember from Return of the King that's an extended scene. Uh, I can't talk about it because we're saving that for another episode, but I remember my favorite scene from that for sure, uh, the extended scene. Anyways, uh, what is your favorite moment in this movie? If you could pick one. It's really hard, but what would be your favorite moment? It's split right down in the middle. Uh, It's the scene... Uh, right after Gandalf dies when they're running out and you can just see the uh, look of sorrow on everybody's faces and uh, Vigo having to rally them all together and say we need to go (laughs) Uh, and then uh, Boromir's death okay I hate you because believe it or not that is my favorite scene in the entire film is when Gandalf sacrifices himself to the Balrog, and you see on Aragorn's face when he's inside the ruin still, like, just, like, oh my god, like, he just did that. <laughs> like, yeah. like, it was insane, because I think, like, Aragorn kind of looked at Gandalf, like, you know, not immortal, but, like, like he wouldn't let that happen. Uh, not that it's his fault. The Balrog said, you're coming with me. Um over here yeah literally get over here um (laughs) go watch the mortal kombat episode or listen to the mortal kombat episode if you haven't done that yet uh it's probably the best one we've ever done um yeah so when they're going out of the ruins and they're all trying to rally together everyone even like gimli's like damn dude (laughs) like yeah they are all distraught they don't know what to do um, they essentially lost their guide to an extent, though. I mean, um, obviously Strider knows where to go. Uh, he, you know, he's knowledgeable of the land. So is Legolas and Gimli, but even Boromir. Um, but Gandalf was essentially the guide. Like he knew exactly where he was going. He knew how not to delay them on their travels. Like, I, it's crazy. Uh, it's really crazy. Uh, that's my personal favorite scene. But the other scene you chose. Uh, where you say it's split 50-50 is when Boromir actually uh, dies. And it's really cool the way they did it in my mind because it's when uh, right before that he was trying to take the ring from Frodo and you can tell that Boromir's like, holy shit, like I cannot do this. Like it is his ring. Like he has to be the one to destroy it. Like our, our you know, the, the hearts of men aren't strong enough for this ring. They become corrupted. And from him to go to that to instantly fighting like in a squad of orcs and what is it uh Uruks? they're the bigger ones Urukai to see him just like really start annihilating them uh, you can see his fighting skills as a swordmaster like he knows what he's doing um you know when he blows the horn of gondor uh, i think that was dope i think that was super cool actually and just to see that fight and him go down the way he did was like it went full circle for this character because when you meet him at the 
uh, at the meeting, you know, before they create the fellowship, when that ring's just sitting there on the pedestal and he's looking at it. You're like, all right, well, this guy looks like he can't be trusted, and you kind of feel that throughout the movie. He does what he does with Frodo and then completely redeems himself by pretty much saving uh, the hobbits all on his own until uh, everyone else shows up, which I don't know how they got so split up. But, uh, yeah, would you like to add to that? Well, I mean, Frodo walks off, and then Boromir tries to take the ring. And, I mean, like, they really captured addiction really well between, like, Boromir and Bilbo Mm -hmm. uh, on the ring. Uh, But, so, Boromir tries to take away the ring, and then Frodo puts it on to get away. Uh, And then... Aragorn comes up and, you know, Frodo's like, I, how can I trust you? You know, and he's holding out the ring and Aragorn fights it. And he shows he's a lot better than Boromir <clears throat> without taking the ring. But when Aragorn and Boromir are, you know, he's like holding his hand as Boromir's dying. He's like, you know, spewing out that he's like, I, I failed and everything. You know, that hit hard. No, it, it does hit hard because he, he is a good person. He really does care a lot about Gondor and doing the right thing. But he did fall for that addiction to the ring that everyone does, you know? Even Golem, even Gandalf. Like, you can tell that he, like, I don't want to look at it. And to see him, like, say those last few words before he died, is, it was pretty intense. It's like, damn, dude. Like, he really, really redeemed himself, though, at the same time. And it sucks because, well, well, we'll talk about that later on in Two Towers and Return of the King as we meet his family. Yeah, I would say it's like the ring is a call to the void. Mm-hmm. You know, you just can't stop yourself. And, uh, like, even in the beginning, when Bilbo puts on his little show and Gandalf finds out he has the ring, uh-huh. uh, you can just see, like, the addiction growing, he's like, all right, I'm off now, and then Gandalf's like, Bilbo, you still have the ring. Yeah. He's like, oh, yes, right, in my pocket. <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh, it's pretty crazy, too. Well, one of the things, too, we see with Bilbo is, you know, after uh, um, Frodo goes to Rivendell to get healed, after he gets stabbed by one of the... Um, I'm sorry? All blades. Yeah. So after he gets stabbed, they go to Rivendell. And he gets healed. He sees Bilbo again. And Bilbo's reaction to him, like, you know, seeing the ring with Frodo was, like, kind of creepy. He looks like a damn goblin. Um, Turning into Gollum. Because Gollum's uh, uh, a hobbit, too. Right. Smeagol. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just crazy to see that, though. Like, how he goes from just being normal, old Bilbo to essentially, yeah, like what you're saying is a golem-like character the second he sees the ringing. You know, he starts saying, my precious and shit. So that's pretty intense. Um, Speaking of golem, (laughs) what a great character that is. Um, What did you think of golem when you were a kid? Did you uh, care about him much? Or you're like, oh, this is kind of weird. He's not really in this film. Right, the only he's literally, so you see him, well, you don't see him, but you see his limbs, I guess, when he's getting tortured, and then him screaming Bilbo and uh, Baggins, 
Yeah, and then he's following them in the mines in Moria. But that's pretty much it, right? They don't really, like, talk about him much? No, he comes to play in the next movie a lot more. Almost instantly, right? Yeah, because in the end, uh, Sam and Frodo are climbing over the mountains, and that's where they meet him. Right. You know, making potatoes. <laughs> potatoes. <laughs> yeah, so they get split up. Bash them, stick them in a stew. What's that? Oil them, bash them, stick them in a stew. Yeah, right? You got a big enough cup for your fucking coffee, dude? That looks like a bowl for like a soup or something. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, yeah, so, you know, I just... I don't know, like, that character is interesting, but obviously we'll get to talk about him more in Two Towers. Um, what did you think of uh, Eric Lorne, Legolas, and Gimli? I mean, we, we we don't see them like we do in Two Towers and Return of the King. You know, obviously they do a lot more like, we're a three-man squad, we're going to fucking do our thing. Um, but just as characters, what did you think so far? Um, um, well, so I liked them, and towards the end when Frodo and Sam and are going off to the north to go to Mordor. I think it's north. Anyways, north side of the lake. I'm pretty sure it's north, yeah. Yeah, and then um, Aragorn says, or uh, Legolas is starting to push out the boat to go chase him, and Aragorn's like, no, this is their quest, their quest alone, we can't handle the ring. And uh, he's like, let's go hunt some orcs. I mean, that's like, it draws the conclusion of the unity of the races, like uh, man, uh, dwarf, and elves making a pact, which I thought was really cool because Gimli and Legolas kind of hated each other in the beginning. Right, because of their their race's history. Yeah, so I thought that was cool and beginning of a another fellowship. No, it really is, and you know I think. Uh, you know, like you said, Peter Jackson really showed the level of, like, a really I, good idea of addiction uh, when it comes to people when they look at the ring or try to get their hands on it, right? And I think what you're talking about now is actually another way that Peter Jackson wanted to show that, you know, putting aside your differences and coming together literally in for war, you know, like, it's literally a war for your, I mean, for the entire world and What's that? War of the World. War of the World. So Tom Cruise is going to be there too. Um, I just think it's cool to see how well he did it. You know, I think one of my favorite parts as well is when they're at that meeting once again. And besides one does not simply walk into Mordor, Mordor, the best fucking meme ever. Um, When Legolas like steps up to Boromir and talks about like, hey, that's like the fucking son of, sorry, I forgot Aragorn's name, but the rightful heir to Gondor. Everyone's Sildor. like, huh? The Sildor. The Sildor. <laughs> Dude, the, the subtitles just said Sildor. a Sildor. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just think that's really cool, though, because everyone's like, oh, shit. You know, like, the level of respect that they have for Aragorn is super badass. Like, he's just, I don't know, I think I'm a sucker for storytelling when they have, like, a person who's just naturally a good person. I mean, obviously, if we've ever tried playing d and I'd pretty much, like, make a character that's along the lines of what Strider's got going for him. But I just think he's so like such a natural leader and it's cool to see that. Like he doesn't know everything. 
and you know obviously like you said let them go you know let's go fight some orcs like he knows that they can't be around the ring that much and the, the hobbits know where they're going surprisingly and uh i don't know i just think it's really cool the way they showed this character in the first film obviously in the next two films we get all three of them doing their thing and i think it's so badass um yeah i don't know i could talk about that shit all day but obviously we're only talking about the first film right so i'll go ahead go ahead would you change anything about the movie um yeah so obviously peter jackson didn't have it planned when he was first making the films but obviously now that we have the hobbit trilogy which i know didn't need to be a trilogy and true lord of the rings fans eyes i guess i'm not a true fan because i fucking love the hobbit still i'll take anything i can get out of lord of the rings i know they changed a lot alex stop shaking he's shaking his head everybody i kind of wish well i don't know because they show the map right they show the lonely mountain on the map well when bilbo's in his study I kind of wish there was just a little bit more of the Hobbit in the beginning, like talking about it, maybe uh, referencing it. I mean, I guess they do reference it with the firework, you know, the red dragon firework, the lonely mountain on the map they de- and his book. And if you scroll through the pages on the book, they definitely show moments that are from actual the Hobbit movie, the way Peter Jackson made it. But I guess I would have liked to see a little bit more. Uh, and you got Sting and you got the mithril armor. Okay, I guess I get enough. I just, I don't know. I like the idea of the Hobbit story. I never read the book. I still think what we got in the movies is cool. I don't know why everyone hates it so much, to be honest with you. Maybe, they added too much shit to it. Like Legolas and... There was actually a bunch of people who uh, cut down the movie to two hours, all three of them, of the Hobbit, uh-huh. and made it into... Technically what it could most, uh, Yeah, the most... Uh, accurate hobbit story uh, i might watch that then i don't know i just okay well we'll take that aside since you know honestly talking to you about it right now there technically is a lot of references to the hobbit and it's pretty much the most important ones to be honest i guess it would have been cool to see like maybe the dwarfs like maybe a, a couple of them i don't know i'm a sucker for like reunions and <clears throat> you know gandalf and bilbo Seeing each other in the beginning. I don't know why my voice is going out all of a sudden. You know, seeing each other in the beginning is kind of cool. But if I had to change anything else, I think, uh, I think Frodo, okay, this is a stretch. I just got to say something, right? I think Frodo is kind of a a whiny bitch. (laughs) I hate how, like, I don't know. I don't know. I think he's too whiny. Yeah. Is he he's under to... the corruption of the ring. Yeah, well, you know, get over it. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. Yeah, I mean, like, throughout the movie, he is trying to give it away. He does not want that burden. No, he really doesn't. And he, he, finally... was thrust in that... he was thrust in that position, and Gandalf did not want him to have it either, because he promised Bilbo he was going to look after Frodo. Right. Uh, Frodo got thrusted into that. Yeah, and then seeing Gandalf's reaction when he said, I'll take it, was uh, pretty cool, too. It was like, oh, damn. Uh, honestly, anybody listening, I'm just trying to be nitpicky because I really do believe this is one of the most well-made movies in history. Um, I don't know if I really have any true issues with it, just things I would have liked to have seen 
I don't know. Um, just fucking throw a dragon in the movie. Why not? I want to see some dragons. I don't know. Because <laughs> they have the, was the Kraken. They have the Kraken in it. Yes. I don't, is, it, is it called a Kraken, though, in their war? Yeah, I don't. I forget what it's called. But uh, it's basically a Kraken. Yeah, it's called a Kraken or giant octopus. Yeah, so they have that before they enter the ruins, right? And then they have the Balrog. They have the orcs. Like, I just... And goblins. And goblins. Um, and, and what? Yurikai. Yeah, so... And the cave troll. And the cave troll. I thought... It's not really adding to it, I guess, but... I don't know. I thought the level of, like, the creatures they had and essentially enemy types, if you will. Um, I thought that was, like, really well done, too. Um, but if there's anything you could add to the movie, Alex, what would it be? Um, just like we were talking before we started. Uh, yeah, of course. Uh, when Gandalf was explaining how they're going to get to the Misty Mountains, it's going to take 40 days. I wish they did that a little bit more. They gave, like, little subtleties, um, like when they went to the Prancing Pony in the beginning mm-hmm. uh, to find Gandalf, and the barkeep says, oh, I haven't seen Gandalf in six months. Yeah. So, like, it really shows how big of a stretch their adventure is instead of, you know, like, one scene they're in uh, the Shire, mm-hmm. next scene they're at the Prancing Pony in Bree. Yeah, exactly. So, so yeah, because... You know, I'm reading. I'm reading a Halo book right now, and they say at the beginning of every chapter, the time and day it is of the military calendar. So for this movie, if you could add that in, or if it was to be added in, would you literally want it like on your screen, two weeks later, one month later, like literally it says it on the fucking screen? Uh, not that, like, uh, just an audible like, like, acknowledgement of it. Yeah, like, well. Well, Sam, we've been traveling for four months. You know, not like four months, five days, and two seconds. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but like, you know, just subtle... Like acknowledgement of the time it's taken to get to their destination. Yeah. I think that would have been cool, too. I mean, I mean, people talk about that in real life. They're like, oh, yeah, it took me a week to get to your house, which it did. It took us, you know, like a weekend to drive up to you. Um we talk about it, so it's it's natural for people to talk about it. So it would have been cool if they added that into the film. Uh, and as you said too, like you know, the barkeep's like, I haven't seen Gandalf in six months, and it's like, well, holy shit! Like, <laughs> how long is this journey taking everybody? And it takes quite a while. So, uh, it would be nice if they added that. Uh, is there anything else you would have liked to seen added? Uh, literally anything else that could be dialogue. Uh, Weapons, characters, creatures, I mean, anything in the first film that you think would fit? No. Um, I'd say it's good. Oh, and there was another... Oh, I didn't hit my mic, sorry. You're fine. There was another thing from The Hobbit in the extended edition. There was the cave... Tr- the uh, trolls that uh, Bilbo and the... Uh, That's from... Party. That's from the extended edition? He didn't say that in the original film? I don't think so. But you're talking about how they almost got cooked, right? He, he said that in the beginning, but there's a part where they go past the trolls. What? Yeah. Huh. How did I miss that? Is that at the end? No, it's in the beginning. When, uh... 
Harry, Pippin, Sam, and Frodo are heading towards Bree, I believe. Say, hey, this is the trolls uh, Uncle Bilbo was talking about. Oh my god, how did I miss that? Yeah, they're all, you know, stone because of the light. Oh, yes, yes, yep, yep. And they, I think the camera shows their face or something. Uh, yeah, stone. three of them. Okay, wow, dude, look at you. Damn, that's a really good Hobbit reference, too, because that scene was pretty fucking funny. Um, it wasn't meant to be funny, but it's just like what happens is crazy, and then they turn them into stone. Okay, wow, nice one. Thank you. Yeah, I'm pretty impressed, actually. <laughs> um, I saw that last night, too, and I'm like, huh, that face, you know. Okay, that's awesome. Um... Anything else that you'd like to mention about the Fellowship of the Ring? Obviously, it's kind of hard to talk about this uh, movie without trying to bleed into the Two Towers, um, you know, because all these movies uh, flow so well together. Amazing music. Uh, yeah. Wow. Talk about that. Dude, right? <laughs> you can keep going. I know it's killing you. <laughs> that is I don't awesome. I heard that. <laughs> no, no, I did. It's it's pretty good. Uh, yeah, if the theme song doesn't make you want to get on a horse and ride down some goddamn country land, I don't know what does. This makes me want to play uh, Battle for Middle Earth 2. Oh, I miss that game so much. I should just buy it on my computer. Uh, yeah, what, what an amazing soundtrack, dude. Like, seriously, I mean, everything they do is good in the sad moments. Um... Real quick, I actually have a question for you. So I don't know if this is a gripe or if they just really don't like water. So uh, what, are, what are the Nazgul called? Or is it Nazgul? Nazgul. Yeah, so you know when they're chasing Liv Tyler when she's got Frodo to go heal him? Are they really that scared of water? Like, it's just a little puddle in the river. Like, they won't immediately, like, they stop chasing her when she gets across the river. But it's, like, it's very shallow water. It's not like it's going to, you know. Um, like, do you think I it was believe, reasonable for them to stop? I believe in the books, they do not like water. Okay. Okay. Because uh, they don't chase Sam and Frodo when they're going across the ferry. Well, in my opinion, that was different because that was a body of water, you know? Whereas yeah. the river, it's like your horse can step on it and it's not going to feel it. So I don't know, but they like kind of, I forget what. I don't know if they're scared of water or not. I can't remember. But uh, well, they're scared of fire freak. too. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, uh, Aragorn throws a freaking torch in one face. <laughs> I thought that was kind of uh, all right. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a little. He's a ranger. <laughs> <laughs> he's a ranger. He can do whatever he wants. Um, yeah, I just wanted to ask you about that because. I thought when it came to them chasing her down the river, it was, like, kind of ridiculous. Uh, I mean, but obviously everyone that's listening, I haven't read the books. So, yeah, maybe they are just that terrified of water. It's a weakness in their mind. I don't know. But I think that scene's pretty badass, too, when she just, like, calls down the water and, like, all right, well, now they're washed away. So they're donezo. Hmm, okay. Uh, so I just looked it up. Nazgul, being race, may fear water, but they are not harmed by water. However, their mounts can be drowned. That is why the race avoided 
avoids attempting to the jump onto the ferry. And uh, yeah. Oh, okay. So the mounts were scared of the water. Right. Uh, and she, you know, summoned water horses that flew them away. Oh yeah, they they took they got rid of them real quick. Uh, what did you think of Lord Elrond? He's good. Yeah. Hugo Weaving. He's perfect for that role. That dude nails it, man. Uh, it's so cool to see him in The Hobbit. You know, the best movies ever. Uh, just... <laughs> so, are you saying, too, that you legitimately didn't like him, or... Uh, they're alright. They're a lot better than... Uh, the sequel trilogy Star, Star Wars? <laughs> Dude, we cannot escape Star Wars, no matter how hard we try. It's just, it's not going to happen. Nightmares. I still have nightmares over it. Um, yeah, I thought he was a cool character. I thought the, uh, you know, Rivendell looked amazing. Uh, and I just think, once again, like all these set pieces they make just look flawless. They really do. They really make the world feel alive. Or feel alive. Um, uh, I mean... Yeah, so anybody listening, I, I truly do believe this is one of the most, like, hands down, one of the most perfect movies ever made. There's, I truly can't find any issues with it, even if I tried. Me saying Frodo's a whiny bitch is literally just me trying to nitpick, but as Alex said, it's literally him, you know, having to deal with a ring and try not to be corrupted by it and seduced by it and how much he really wants to get rid of it at the same time, so. It's uh, like me with Anakin Skywalker. Aiden Christensen. Oh. Whoa, dude. Whoa. Okay. okay. I know. He's just playing a role. <laughs> As is... Uh, why am I forgetting Frodo's name real quick? Um, such a good actor. Uh, Jesus. Um, stew on that one. What? Let you stew on that one. Because you know who it is. <laughs> yeah. What? Um, uh, just say... Oh, Elijah Wood, thank you. Jesus, dude. I don't know why that was like so hard to like process. Anyways, so honestly for this movie, I would say I'd give it a nine. Actually, I just I'm gonna say it. I really do believe after watching it, uh, I watched a lot the last half, you know, months ago and I watched pretty much most of it last night. I think it's a ten out of ten. I really do. As a as a movie to set up a trilogy, I think everything's done right. I pretty much don't have any questions either. So, what would you uh, rate this film, Alex? Um. Also, do you have a favorite of the trilogy before you answer? Like, of the three, do you have a favorite one of them? You don't have to answer yet, obviously, if it's not this one, but... <laughs> We could save that for the last. No, I gotta watch them again to really determine that one. Has it been a while since you've seen the other two? Uh, yeah. I, oh, okay. I, last time I watched them was like five years ago. Jesus. Yeah, it's been a while. Oh my god. Yeah, I, I watched all three extended editions in one week this year when COVID hit. So, let me tell you, you're in for a treat because they hold up really well. All right, so what would you rate the film? Say nine point five out of ten. 
Yeah, not gonna give it that solid perfection. Can't can't do it. Oh, there's only one movie that gets a ten out of ten. Is that The Fly? No. <laughs> uh, Robert. Oh shit, dude! <laughs> what about Thanks Killing, man? Come on now, a rubber, dude! Oh my god, you really went there. Um, is there a movie that you do legitimately believe deserves it, though? <laughs> yeah, National Treasure. <laughs> <laughs> Nicholas Cage, dude. Hey, you know what? Fuck you, man. National Treasure is pretty dope. It's just completely historically inaccurate. Oh, I love National Treasure, and it has. Freaking Boromir in there. Oh, wait, I forgot. You actually do cherish Nick Cage. That's why you said National Treasure. Jesus. I forgot how much of a Nick Cage fan you are. We should review, or we should talk about National Treasure sometime. That'd be pretty funny. We can watch both of them. <laughs> yeah. I'll just I watched talk. both of them the other week. <laughs> no, you didn't. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Are you still, like, all about Nick Cage and shit? Just watching all of his films? Are you still collecting all of his Blu-rays? <laughs> No, I haven't done that, but I've been watching a lot of his movies. He's like the worst actor in Hollywood. Like, I can't believe you. <sighs> like, no. have you seen Face Off? It's not a good film. Okay, I mean, compared to all the rest of them? I mean, Con Air? He looks like Jesus. <laughs> or the War? Oh, I actually never watched that. Is it stupid? One. Oh, it's really good. Oh, I didn't know... If I. I think I saw the trailer for it back in the day, and I thought it was like meant to be like a joke film. Is it not? Oh. No. Oh. oh, okay. Well, maybe I'll check it out one of these days. So one of the things that's scaring me right now is it says that we've been on the call for 42 minutes. Oh, you know what? Never mind. So we were on the call before I hit the record button. All right. Never mind. We're good. So, uh, Alex, is there anything you'd like to say to the audience out there? And... I must talk to you about this. So we haven't talked in a while because you've just been so damn busy with work, life, you know, getting married. It's kind of a big deal. We have people listening to this show from around the world now. <laughs> There's people who consistently listen in Germany, Japan, Canada, Mexico, and France. So Ooh. do you have anything to say to those lovely people? Everybody around the world, thank you for listening. But <clears throat> we didn't... When I started this show, I didn't expect anyone to listen to it outside, you know, my city because I would say, hey, friends, listen to the show. So do you have anything to say to our friends around the world? Hello. Okay. That's it, everybody. That's <laughs> Thank you for listening. Um, no, but seriously, Alex, thank you for being on the show. I appreciate you coming back. Uh, Lord of the Rings is one of the best trilogies ever made. Um, it's going to be exciting to talk about Two Towers and Return of the King, especially since you haven't watched them in five years. Uh, but that's it for us today. We will see. I will probably be doing an episode on the Pokemon uh, expansion that just came out this week. I will be doing a review for it on Friday. So expect that next week, and we will talk to you guys real soon. Uh, goodbye.